1 Samuel chapter 17, if you're able to stand with us in reverence to the Word of God and prayer. And I know I don't have to uh, elaborate this thought, but let's really pray for our nation and pray for our country and the upcoming election. Let's pray for God uh, to be merciful to us. And uh, certainly we know that our answer, our hope is not in the White House, but we need to pray for our nation and pray for this election upcoming. Amen. First Samuel chapter 17, verse number 41. If you found your place, we'll read this scripture and have a word of prayer. The Bible says, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee in mine hands, and I will smite thee and take thine head upon, take thy head from thee, and I will give thee the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword or and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued uh, the Philistines until thou come to the valley and the gates of Ekron. And the, and the wounded of the Philistines fell down uh, by the way of Sherem, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem and put his armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son this stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with, his, with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, uh, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of the servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the word of God, for the privilege to preach once again. And I pray your touch upon us. I pray for liberty. I pray, God, that you would give us that ready turn of thought and mind. I pray that you would illuminate our heart and mind and help us to say only the things that you would have us to say. God, speak to every heart. God, do what needs to be done in this midst. May you be glorified. May you be magnified. And may the church be edified tonight. We'll thank you for it. For we do ask it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach on this subject tonight concerning the life of David. I want to preach on how to find victory in the battle. How to find victory 
in the battle. Now, there's no doubt that when you come to this text tonight that uh, this is one of the, uh, probably the most famous incidences re- recorded in the life of David. When you think about David, you automatically think about David and Goliath. And I think about even the world itself that knows very little about the scriptures, knows much about David and about Goliath. And this is a very historical uh, event that's been recorded in the pages of the Word of God. When you think about Goliath, he was the superman of the Philistine army. He looked like that he was indestructible, that he was one that could never be taken down. He was more mightier, more stronger, and more taller than any uh, one in the Israelite or the or the uh, Philistine army. But he outs uh, listen. He had outsourced. Uh, or I mean, he had outsmarted a lot of men, no doubt, with his craftiness and his skills in the battle. The Bible says that uh, Goliath was a man of war even from his youth, and so uh, Goliath had a great testimony or great reputation, should I say, uh, concerning his ability to go to battle. But there's one thing that Goliath underestimated and that is God himself. I want to tell you as David testified in this text tonight that the battle did not belong to David and the battle did not belong to Goliath but the battle belongs unto the Lord. Amen. And when you think about David in this text tonight he's a picture or should I say a type of both the saint and of the Savior. Amen. And we see him practically as he fights the battle as we all fight battles in this life and we all face the enemy and Goliath surely is a picture of the devil and as David goes forth in the battle he is a picture of every one of us as we try to fight the battle and stand for God and do what is right but he is also a picture of our Savior amen as David in this text he is seen in chapter number 17 as an obedient son he is seen as a humble servant but he's also seen as a mighty soldier amen and when Jesus came into this world he came as an obedient son he came as a humble servant, but he came as a mighty soldier for the Lord Jesus or for God Almighty. So when you think about this text tonight and the life of David, I want you to notice with me tonight a few things concerning the battle. And I want to particularly draw our attention tonight to how that we find victory in this battle that we're in. Now there's no question tonight we're in a battle. Can I get a witness on that? It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter who you are tonight. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving God. The battle has not ceased. If anything, the battle has intensified. And that's where David finds himself is in the heat of this battle. And I want you to notice, first of all, tonight, I see the entering into this battle. As David, in verse number 40, uh, down to verse number 43, David is entering into this battle. And he's about to fight Goliath. And when we think about David entering this battle here, the Bible tells us here that David in this battle that he was fearless as the Bible says in the latter part of verse number 40 after David has got his staff and his stones and he's got his sling in his hand the Bible says in verse number 40 that he drew near to the Philistine and so David is fearless in this battle he goes forth uh, uh, with a confidence and with a courage uh, that he already knows that the victory is his for the taking he my friend faces Goliath and goes forth without any hesitation at all. In fact, I can see it in my mind's eye. As listen, David has this conversation with Saul, this little young ruddy of a youth man. He's standing there just a teenage of a boy. He's talking to this uh, a tall captain of the Israelite army as the king is standing there and he's talking to the king. And David has this conversation once he gets the orders and the approval of Saul to go forth in the battle after he's laid aside the armor of Saul 
He wastes no time. He doesn't make a, he doesn't take any hesitation in going down to the brook and quickly grabbing up those stones that he needs uh, and grabbing his staff and his sling in his hand. I can see Goliath as he stands on the one side of that valley and he looks over on the other side. He sees that little silhouette of a young man run across there. Down to the brook he goes. Uh, he picks up them stones uh, and he immediately heads toward the bottom of that hill. And as day as Phil, as uh, uh, Goliath looks at him, he is disdained. He is he is he is disturbed by the fact that it wasn't a mighty man that they sent out, but it was just a young teenage boy that looked more like a shepherd than he did a soldier coming forth to battle. But I'm going to tell you what Goliath did. He made the same mistake that the devil made in the Garden of in Eden, my friend, and that is that he underestimated God. Amen. You see, God don't need a sword. God doesn't need a shield and God doesn't need a strong man. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. And as David enters this battle, he enters it, He enters this battle with no fear in his heart whatsoever. You know, I think a lot of times the reason we're in this battle but we don't win the victory is because too many times we live in defeat. Amen. Too many times we face life in doubt and discouragement and defeat when God said the battle belongs to the Lord. Victory has already been given to us. In other words, we don't have to roll over and we don't have to surrender to this world. We don't have to surrender to the devil tonight, but we can march on for the glory and the honor of God. Now, I promise you tonight, if you're saved, the will of God for everybody in this building is that you have victory in your Christian life. And if you're not experiencing victory tonight, I promise you it's not God's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. A lot of times when people live a defeated life, uh, they want to blame somebody else. But the truth of the matter is, if I'm living in defeat, it's nobody's fault but my own. Amen? Because God said you can go forward with confidence and courage, knowing that God will give you the victory. Paul said over in Romans uh, chapter number eight, he said, uh, and this is, uh, or he said, uh, he said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul said in that same passage of scripture, he said we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In other words, we don't have to worry about our future. God has already taken care of that. And David goes forth with that sling in one hand and them stones on his side and the staff in another hand, knowing that God was going with him every step of the way. And friend, that's the confidence and the courage that you and I need tonight. I see that David entered this battle uh, fearless. I see that David entered this battle focused tonight because what happens in verse number 42 is that the Philistine looks about. He scans around and he sees David coming and as he looks at him, he's astonished and I want you to notice the pride of this Philistine as he said in verse number 43, am I a dog that thou comest to me with stains and the Philistines curse David by his gods. You see the pride of this Philistine that he thought that he was so great. He thought that he was so big that it was going to take a man much larger than him to bring him down. Can I tell you God knows how weak we really are tonight and pride will build us up to think we're something in our own self. But God knows how to take the small things in life and humble us. God knows how to chop us off at our knees. Amen. You ever had God knock the pride out of you? Boy, I have. And I'm telling you something tonight. It's no fun when God does it. 
it leaves a mark that stays there for a very long time. And, day, and this enemy was, was prideful. I see his profanity as he curses David. You know, God never has, a, has approved profanity. Isn't that right? And I'm telling you, listen, there are people that say they're saved tonight and they'll use uh, profanity, they'll use curse words and call themselves a Christian. I just don't believe cursings and Christianity go hand in hand together, friend. I believe when God saves you, he'll clean your mouth up, amen. It's clear to see which side this enemy is on uh, because uh, uh, by the language that he is using. If you're on the Lord's side tonight, then you ought to be careful about your language, amen. But David is so focused uh, that David is not listening Listening to nobody but the Lord. Amen. You see, the devil put a lot of stumbling blocks in David's way. You think about all the people in chapter 17 that the devil, listen to me, young people, that the devil put in his path just to try to discourage him. You say, what do you mean? Well, he had his brother in his past, in his path, and his brother criticized him, but David didn't listen to the brethren. You see, if you're going to serve God, you can't listen to the brethren. I thank God for the brethren, but if we start looking to each other, guess what? We're going to get in trouble every time. We can be an encouragement. We can be an influence to each other, but David's own brother tried to criticize him, and if David would have focused on that criticism, he would have shipwrecked. He'd have never went forth into battle. Friend, you got to get above and get beyond the criticism of others if you're ever going to fight the battle for God. You just got to let people say what they're going to say and think whatever they're going to think and just go on and do what God's called you to do not with an attitude just don't let that be what you focus on that's small things amen serving God in the battle keep the battle in the forefront of your eyes amen and David didn't listen to the criticism of his brethren David didn't listen my friend uh, to Saul as Saul said to him you're not able to do this David Saul said, I know you may want to fight that giant, but you're not able to do it. Hey, Saul's a type of the flesh, and the flesh will always tell you you're not able to do something. Do you know what, what David does? He looks beyond Saul. And he said, I can do this. I, he said, Saul, I tell you, I know I can do this. And I'll tell you how I did it. The Lord helped me twice and he can help me again. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying don't lose your focus. Don't listen to the brethren. Don't listen to the flesh. Our own flesh will tell us we're not able to fight the battle. Our own flesh will tell you we can't do anything great for God, that we can't serve God. Man, if I listen to my flesh, sometimes I wouldn't go to church on Wednesday night. Sometimes I wouldn't go to church on Sunday night. You say, preacher, uh, you the pastor. Yeah, but sometimes I get tired. Anybody ever get tired? Just because I'm standing up here preaching and smiling doesn't mean I'm not never tired. I get tired like everybody else does. Sometimes my flesh doesn't want to serve God, but I don't listen to my flesh tonight because my flesh will always lead me in the wrong direction, friend. And I'm telling you, David had to get past the criticism of his brethren. He had to get past my friend the flesh before he was ever going to be able to fight the battle for God. Then I'll tell you tonight, David had to get past the words of this on the old man that he was fighting. So, uh, Goliath is using some very uh, stern words here as he says to him in this text in verse number 44, the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field as David is entering this battle. Listen, he's got his focus right, but Goliath says, come on David, if you think you're gonna win this battle, he said, come on, he said, I'll feed your flesh to the fowls of the air. I'm gonna tell you something, David never even responded to the enemy. He never even listened to what the enemy had to say. You know the devil will talk to you every single day of your life. 
I've seen people get out of church because they listened to the devil. Never got out and sinned. Never messed their life up in any immorality. They just sat on a church pew and the devil started whispering in their ear, maybe about another church member, maybe about something in the church, maybe about something in their life. And you know what? He put a little thought in their ear and they took that thing home and they dwelled on it and they listened to it and they listened over and over. They just kept dwelling on it till something that wasn't even true became a reality in their life. Friend, I'm telling you, listen, if there's no facts behind it, you need to dismiss it and just remember it's the devil and he's alive. Amen. I'm telling you, the devil will try to cross every one of us up. If he thinks tonight he could get me and Brother David mad at each other, he'd do that in a heartbeat. He'd tell Brother David or myself something like, man, he don't like you. He didn't shake your hand. He didn't speak to you. Now, we hadn't had that thought. But the devil, how much ground could he gain tonight if he could separate me and this brother here, if he could come between me and maybe one of the deacons of this church and, and get, get something between us? All he's got to do is just talk to us long enough. There's an old saying that if you say something long enough and loud enough, people will believe it. And the devil is a master at doing that tonight. And all it is, you know what it is tonight? It's a distraction to get you out of the battle. If you listen to that devil, you, you, you'll give up before you ever get to the bottom of the hill, friend. You, you say, well, preacher, what am I supposed to do? Don't lose your focus. The focus is be faithful to church. The focus is read the word of God, be a witness, live a Christian life. Hey, that's the thing. When you start thinking about all these little things that come in our mind and all these little things that comes into our life, when you start boiling all that down to the judgment seat, guess what? They really don't matter, amen? I'm telling you, listen, I've seen things uh, uh, happen before and, and people, listen, get out of the will of God all because they lost their focus, amen? I'm telling you, sometimes in a church you go through uh, different seasons, you go through times of plenty and then sometimes you go through winter time and I've seen, uh, uh, listen, if not careful, the devil, he'll come to me and say, well, maybe it's time for you to go, maybe it's time for you to leave but I'll tell you something, you just gotta weather some things out. When God tells you to leave, you know it's time to leave uh, but I'm telling you, listen, the devil, if he could get me to quit tonight, he would do that, surely. I see that David, as he entered this battle, he entered it fearless. He entered it focused. David entered this battle full of faith. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I'm going to tell you, David, he enters this uh, uh, battle full of faith, and he's got faith in his greatest weapon in verse number 45, and that's not himself, that's not his sling and that's not his stone. David's faith was in his God. Isn't that what he's saying? He said, I'm not coming to you with a sword or a shield, but he said, I'm coming in the name of the Lord of the host. Uh, hey, say, preacher, how can I have victory in the battle? Friend, you've got to be full of faith. Uh, not some faith, but you've got to have full faith that God is going to be your defense, that God is going to be the one that's going to ultimately give you the victory. I see that David entered this battle full of faith in this great weapon. But in, my friend, he entered this uh, battle full of faith, uh, my friend, in the will of God. As he said in verse number 46, this day will the Lord deliver thee in mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. How did David enter this battle? He 
entered it fearless and focused and full of faith. Faith in his greatest weapon being God. Faith, my friend, in the fact that this was God's perfect will. He tells the enemy, here's what I'm about to do to you. I may not look like much and you may think you're going to win, but he said, when I get done with you, I'm going to cut your head off. Boy, it sounds like somebody that believes they're right smack in the will of God. He was looking beyond Goliath and he was looking straight to God. And friend, if you and I is going to win the victory, we got to look beyond what we're facing, what's standing in front of us. We got to lift our eyes to the hills as we mentioned this morning and look up because God is our victory. Amen. Amen. I see that David was full of faith that it was God's will. And I want to say that David was full of faith that he was going to win this battle. Notice what he said in verse 47. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. Now watch this. And he will give you into our hands. David said there's no doubt about it. Goliath, you're as good as dead. I'm fixing to cut your head off. I'm going to tell you, there's some giants that we face that we need to cut their heads off in our life. See, the giant that I'm facing tonight may not be the giant you're facing. And I'm going to tell you, the only way Goliath was ever going to go away was kill him. Isn't that right? And the only way some sins are ever going to leave out of our life is we're going to have to cut their head off. You're going to have to dispose of them. You're going to have to get them out of your line. As long as you tamper with them, as long as you, listen, play around with them, they'll get you every time. Listen, you're going to have to remove whatever it is in your life that's defeating you. That's how the battle is won. And David knew that he couldn't just injure Goliath and walk away and call that a victory because Goliath would just be back to fight another day and he would be back to fight with more vengeance than he had on this day. So just wounding the enemy is not going to defeat him. You're going to have to take him out. You're going to have to annihilate him. And friend, I'm telling you, that's what Jesus did to the devil on the cross of Calvary. Just as David's about to sink a stone and crush the head of Goliath, I'm glad that when Jesus went to Calvary, he didn't just wound the devil, but he crushed his head. Amen. And the devil's as good as dead tonight, friend. He's already got a sentence, a sentence of death that's hanging over his head. And there's coming a time he's going to be on the chain game. And there's coming a time he's going to be cast into that bottomless pit. You know why? Because the victory is not being won but the victory was already won at Calvary. Amen. And the devil's as good as dead tonight. And he needs to be in our life. I see here the entering into this battle. I see the, the, the execution in this battle. As David in verse number 49, the Bible said he puts his hand in his bag and he took thence a stone and he slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead and the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Now don't you know this astonished everybody that David with one sling of a stone took Goliath down. I mean, this looks so easy, didn't it? On one side, Brother Danny, is, if you're an Israelite and you're full of fear and you're looking across that valley and you see that giant of a man standing there, he looks as if though no one can take him down. And here comes this little youth bouncing around on this hilltop. And he runs down there and he picks up five little old rocks, drops them in his bag, and he heads straight for him, the Bible says. And he comes out there and Goliath is standing there laughing and he's spouting off everything that he's going to do to David. 
and David gives God the glory and reaches right in his bag and I'm telling you whips that sling around and turns her loose friend and here's Goliath standing I mean nine feet nearly ten feet tall with a 200 pound male on uh, listen a coat of armor he's got a spearhead that weighs 25 pounds uh, he's standing there and while he's still running his mouth the stone comes and gets him right between the eyes uh, the only place that he didn't have a piece of armor on God sunk it right between his eyes uh, hey the enemy failed just like that I'm telling you the devil in our life he'll breathe down our necks uh, he'll make us think that he's big and that he's bad but I'm telling you listen all it takes for God is to just do one thing and he knows how to bring the devil to his knees tonight friend uh, hey the devil cannot touch you without the permission of God and what I'm saying in this text is that it is a perfect execution that when David steps on the battlefield with just listen it wasn't even a real fight when you think about it he slung, he slung that stone and just like that Goliath hits the ground boy and I like David I, I tell you if he's here today I'd get him to sign my Bible amen I like his text and if you're, if you're a man you gotta like chapter 17 I mean, it's about war, and I, I don't enjoy war, but if there's going to be a war, let's win. Somebody say amen. And let's don't play around. I mean, let's don't, let, listen, the, uh, the rules of engagement is that he's that got the biggest gun is the one that's going to win, amen? And I believe that. And listen, uh, David, he was, a, he was a Christian, but he was a countryman. He was defending the cause of, of God. He was defending his country. And he takes Goliath down. And the Bible says in the next verse, in verse number 51, that David runs. Notice what he did. He, did, he does five things in this one verse. He stands upon the Philistine. He he takes his sword, he draws it out of the sheath, and then he, he the Bible said he slew him, and then he cut his head, his head off. I'm telling you, I see in my mind, Brother David, uh, that David runs up there, and he runs, hey, listen, he hits Goliath, he falls to his face, uh, he runs and he stands on top of Goliath. Don't you know, listen, every one of them Philistines and the Israelites and Saul, their mouths had to be in the dust, uh, and David, just that quick, while he's running, he takes him down, and Goliath falls to the ground. He doesn't even wait to check his pulse. Uh, he runs and steps up on top of him, pulls that big old short sword out of his shield uh, or out of his sheath. Uh, I mean, runs it right through uh, uh, Goliath, uh, pulls it back out, and listen, raises it up and cuts his head off. Uh, and before, listen, the Philistines can even blink. Uh, the Bible said the champion of their army had been taken down. Hey, I want to tell you something tonight. I'm glad that God's got the victory. I'm glad that God knows how to win the battle. I'm glad that that God knows how to take the enemy down. When I read that verse, they just something on the inside. It makes me want to climb out of a foxhole and just go forward for the glory and the honor of God. Amen. Amen. We can still win the victory tonight because God has promised it to us. You see, tonight too many Christians live in defeat when God wants them to live in victory. Now the momentum of this victory Look what it did in verse number 52. That when the men of Israel and Judah arose, when they saw what had happened, the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come down to the valley of the gates of Ekron. The Bible says, and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Sherem, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. Listen, whenever David kills Goliath, every one of them comes running out of these hills. And they chased the Philistines and they win a great victory. 
But you know what David had to do? He had to fight this battle by himself. There was nobody going with David to fight Goliath. And in our life, we have to be willing to face the enemy one-on-one. You know, I thank God for a good church to go to. But when we here in a few moments tonight, we're going to turn the lights out and close the doors, and we're going back home. And there's a real world, there's a real devil out there. And when you go to work on Monday morning, you don't have Bible Baptist Church with you. Thank God for friends. Thank God for a church family. But somewhere in your Christian life, you have to learn to serve God for yourself and by yourself. You can't always be leaning on the shoulder of somebody else. David didn't turn around and say, who will go with me? David said, I'll fight this battle and I'll trust God to help me win. You see, tonight, I think sometimes there's battles that we face that that's the only way we're ever going to get the victory. There's going to be no one to pray us out. The pastor can't help you. The church can't help you. We can pray for you. But you're going to have to learn to conquer some things for yourself. You're going to have to learn to lean on God without the help of another brother, without the help of a king, without the help of a fellow man, even your own parents. David's own father was not there that day to cheer him on. David is walking all by himself. When Jesus walked to the top of Golgotha, our king, our David, when he walked to the top of that hill, he walked by himself. Even Christ, when he hung on the cross, the father turned away. And Jesus bore our sins at Calvary without the aid or the help of anyone. He bore it all by himself. In verse number 58, because of the lack of discernment of Saul and Abner, Saul, Abner brings David to, uh, to, uh, to Saul and Saul says, Whose son art thou, young man? And David answered, I'm the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. I'm going to tell you who David was in this chapter. He was a shepherd. He was a songwriter. He was a son He was a soldier and he was a savior for this nation. You know who that is tonight? That's Jesus. Jesus tonight is the great shepherd. Jesus tonight is the one that gives the the song in the night. Our Savior, our soldier, the one that won the battle. He's the only begotten Son of of God. I want to tell you something. When we come to the end of this chapter and the battle is won and the victory has been given, listen, this was the very battle that catapulted David into the public eye. His life was never the same. He was seen as a victorious and a mighty man from that day forward. His life was to forever change. But can I tell you who David resembles the most in the end of this chapter? It's not his father here on earth but it was his father in heaven he resembled Christ and I'll tell you something that's who people need to see when they look at us they don't need to see us David didn't get the glory but it was God that got the glory I will tell you something tonight when people look at me and when they look at you they need to see Jesus in us tonight the big question every victory every battle that we win every victory that we obtain in life If we don't give God the glory, if we don't give God the credit for it, I'm going to tell you what will happen to us. We will become just like Goliath. Pride will destroy us. You look all through the pages of the Word of God. How many times when man succeeded did he turn right around and fail? Noah, Noah preaches for 120 years 
The floods are coming. Builds an ark for God. When the whole world had turned their back on God, Noah raised a family for God in a, the most wicked generation that could ever be done. He raised his kids for God. Built that ark, took them in that ark full of faith, went through the flood, come out on the other side and got drunk. He lived 350 more years and God never talks about them 350 years. You say, preacher, you think you lived for God? I'm sure he did. But the last thing remembered about Noah's life is that he planted a vineyard. He got drunk and sin hit his home. You see, a lot of times, and that's all through the pages of the Word of God. One minute, Peter's, Peter's, I mean, bragging on Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and the next minute, Jesus is saying, get thee behind me, Satan. He's calling Peter Satan. So many times, if we're not careful, we'll let our victories lead into our next defeats when we don't give God the glory. If anything good has happened in my life, it's all because of God. God gives me a victory today. I'm going to chalk it up and thank him for it, aren't you? But I'm going to go right back to the battle line as a servant and be reminded, Lord, I need you now once again as I did before. The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own tonight. As we stand tonight, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you need to use the altar, would you mind the Lord tonight? But of all these years of serving God, I confess, I need His help more tonight than I've ever needed it. I'm not strong. I'm weak. I can't make it without the Lord. Left to myself, I'd surely go down the wrong pathway. Lord, I need you tonight more than I've ever needed you. I think sometimes God allows failure just to bring into reality who we really are and how much we really need him on a day-to-day scale. While Brother David sings, if you need to come, you just obey God tonight.